Hello, welcome to Get My Basket, the podcast that helps you put your DC brand in more people's baskets. My name is Ollie. I'm the founder of 303. And I'm Jamie, the MD at 303. And in this podcast and in our newsletter, you can expect to see brands that we're loving, ads that are working super well, and much, much more. So to make sure you don't miss out, please make sure you subscribe on both audio and video platforms and head over to 303.london to sign up to our newsletter. And we hope you enjoy the episode. How you doing? Very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Tired this week, eh? Yeah, yesterday was a big one. Yesterday was a very good one. We had a first 303 event, um, which wasn't getting my basket themed. It was creating creating an amplifier in 2022. It went very well. You did it well. A lot of talking. Thanks. It was a lot of talking. It was a lot of talking. It was like for, I think, without getting too uh, emotional here, it was very nice to see people back in a room we had some of the brands we worked with for years with us and also some new faces. So if you came down, thanks very much. You listened to the podcast, you, you know, thanks. Cheers. Thanks all round, basically. Feeling, um, feeling grateful. We've just spent the last 12 minutes recording our new intro. I had to go and have so a So that's par- why we look the same this week, but we won't look I had the to same. I have to go and have a parkour break to get the, yeah. the mind in check. Nice. Um, so there's a new intro to the podcast. It's taken a long time of all 12 <laughs> minutes. Please be nice about it. And next week we all look like we're wearing the same clothes, but we, uh, we don't. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's going to be a, it's a nightmare for continuity. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But there we are. We thought it'd be helpful. It means we don't have to start off with my classic, hello, which is really <laughs> annoying. And always too loud. Always. Hello. It's crap. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, apart from the event, so yeah. Apart from that, should we do a brief roundup of the event? Yeah, let's. What did what did we what did we discuss? It was a lovely server house. It was. We ordered too many too much food. A lot too much food. I think we ordered had we circa had- twenty five egg, egg Benedict, and yeah. we had like thirty people there. I think everyone could have had eggs Benedict, fruit salad, six croissants, granola, granola, and pancake and bacon, and pancake and bacon each, mm. and maybe a second round of some of those things. Yeah. So if you come to a 303 event and you're hungry... Don't eat the day before. Don't eat the day before or the week before and you might get what you need. Um, yeah, it was very good. Well, create an amplifier is kind of our like little strapline thing, isn't it? That it is. We, we live by at the agency and I suppose it's quite summarising of like what we do for most of the brands. So we wanted to... We get pushed for so many forecasts and predi- like predictions and yeah. like what's going to happen this year you know, whatever. So we did a bit of a year in review of 2021, which was hard to summarise in as, as fewer moments as we did. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I still just feel like 2020 and 21 blend into each other so much, but 2021 was interesting. There's some definitely some developments. Your your talk on ISO versus Meta was incredibly interesting. IOS. Um, I, do you know why I say that? Because of photography. Yeah, photography things. Um, Even though you always just had ISO on auto for sure. <laughs> no, you're such a dick no i don't yeah i do um no i think it was very very interesting very well spoken you haven't been very well this week so you did a good job thanks Proud appreciated appreciated it, just feels it was um do you know just what? feel like i'm in motivated what what was quite a, a funny thing that was that 30 people is quite an odd <clears throat> kind of amount of people to speak to somehow mm. It's kind of in between it like is. a pitch where it's like between five and 15 like people normally, yeah, 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 which happens weekly. And then it's not as many as like a hundred where you might have lights on where you don't really see anyone or whatever. Yeah. 30 is like you're looking into the whites of everyone's eyes as you're speaking, mm. um, which was quite, it was good. It was, I mean, was I, I was up there for moments, just, just introing, introing the good business. Intro. Very good intro. 
actually wrote a script. I spent a long time just writing. Because I, like, I think we've never done events as a business. And to be fair, if you're listening you're from an agency, I would recommend it because I think it is a very nice way to have like, like some of the conversations when people arrived at 8.30 on a Thursday were really interesting and getting to speak quite intimately with people. You know, when you speak to brands, they, they have, they're very disarmed. You know, they don't, we're not there to sell, sell, sell. They're a lot more open. And, and there's, I actually learned a few things that I didn't fully know about some of the brands that we had coming, which was, which was great. But I think on those, when, when I went up there very briefly, you're right. You just have like, it's quite nice and intimate, but like, I think until you hit like 50 people, you can you can really kind of engage with people a little bit yeah. more and like you know you st- and i think also people get really relaxed especially in someone like so a house so like you sort of see people like even after like two minutes of me talking like really snuggle into their seats they're <laughs> yeah. filled with like bacon and eggs so like they were really relaxed but no it was very good it was great to do we are actually doing <clears throat> a few more events this year some sooner than others um which we will, we will be making a bit more public for people to uh come on down to so yep. that'll all be in the news- newsletter Speaking of the newsletter, a great week for the newsletter. We're not going to go into how many subscribers we have because it might be a bit humiliating. But it's a, it's a big six-figure number. Is oh. all everyone needs to know. But um, yeah, there's there's been a lot more, and it's actually been some very very cool brands subscribed. Some to the brands newsletter. we've long since admired, indeed. Through, and awesome. also brands I just saw and I never really you know thought much of in terms of reaching out or chatting with them, and then they've come to us. So so very good indeed. Welcome. Welcome indeed. Well, let's crack into the main bit um, of today. Mm-hmm. This is this is quite an interesting one, our What's Hot of the Week. <coughs> For all the new subscribers and new listeners, maybe one or two of you, um, at this point in the podcast, we talk about brands that we, we kind of want to discuss. We call it What's Hot because they could be hot in many ways. They could be doing something great. They could be doing something different. They could be doing something brand new. So who knows? This week is a brand that has been in everyone's timelines for the last couple of weeks, if not months. Athletic Greens. What do you make of this? For those who don't know, let me give some context before you are unleashed into the wild with your thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. Athletic Greens is a supplement business, probably they would class themselves as. I would imagine they probably have another name for it. I actually think the brand's quite cool. I think that what like the way it's all put together is very nice, but they mm-hmm. must be spending a small fortune on social ads. They are in multiple feeds um and you can kind of tell like when for people that maybe brand side like as agencies we all speak to each other and like i'm on loads of groups and chats and stuff like slack channels and stuff and everyone was speaking about them like i think someone mentioned it somewhere and all of a sudden everyone was like oh my god i thought it was just me you know i thought i was just on a retargeting phase whatever it might be we, we also have like an ads group where we all like at 303 where everyone like shares shares ads and, and it's quite funny to see it. that like People who look demographically quite different, like live yeah. in completely different areas, are a different gender, mm. are like etc., all yeah. getting served yeah. the ads, and that's when you know that someone's just gone absolutely nuclear on spend. And for a while, I was like, I'm, I never, I, I never hit the site because I wanted to see if they were just going hard on retargeting, but they're not. I mean, how much do you reckon Athletic Greens are spending on 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 Meta alone in the UK? In the UK, yeah. For relevancy, it's a US brand, so that gives you a flavour for how much Bear in mind, they are doing out-of-home <clears> launches. <throat> They've done, I think, some stuff on TV, because I remember someone linking huge, it Huge, like, celebrity influencer ambassador stuff. Yeah, huge stuff there. They've definitely done, um, like, digital billboards, as well as, like... Yeah. Um, I think it would be oh, well over a million a month. On really? Yeah. 
I mean, because I think it's cold. Again, I, the first time I've been on the website, yeah, was today. They are. I mean, I, I reckon I'm getting it out of the day. I. What do you think of that as a strategy, though? Like money, money, no object for a second. Like they're famous now. Everyone knows who Athletic Greens are. We get. We also <clears throat> quite a lot of brands come to us, existing clients, going, "Look at them." Obviously, like clients are going to be less attuned to the fact that they're spending such an you know insane amount of money. But I think the ads are strong. Like they some really good ads. Their whole thing is it's nine supplements in one powder, so mm. it's like a multivitamin, a probiotic, and yeah, other sorts of stuff in one scoop, which is a really good concept. I would probably buy it had I not been so irritated by the amount just, of ads I'd received. I just don't. Yeah, I think that's <clears> the point. I, I think they may have. There was a part where like, I really felt I knew the brand and I think that was probably the objective. I, I just, I, I've been trying to think about what they're trying to achieve. Like, Obviously, they're trying to grow a brand. I get that. But like, in the short term, long term, what's the strat? Are they thinking they go, let's just have every single person on that platform? Like, I think they've gone, you know, when you go on Meta and you're like, I'll go on like UK. That's the only metric they've put in. Just UK. Just UK. With a million a month. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's their targeting that must, strategy. Like, and, well, and it will probably be. probably an age demographic. That it'll must be, all it it'll be super broad targeting. I think the thing, and I've harped on about this before on this podcast, they're, they're gunning for subscription. Yeah. And Subscri- Are they solely subscription model? They're not solely, I don't think, they're but the, like everything points towards that. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that's interesting is a lot of reviews say it's a good product in the sense that it's got loads of vitamins and stuff in it, but it does obviously doesn't taste great. So then starts to spark the question that we always ask of, have they spent so much money on the initial acquisition Mm. that they are expecting a lifetime value that will never materialize? My prediction for that will be that is the case and Mm. their VC money will burn out eventually. I'm going to buy some. I'm going to try it on a podcast to see if it's any good. Because it's an inch, like tune back in next week. It's, it's fucking ballsy, and I like the ambition. Like they're going for it. They mm. are going fully in, funding or no funding, whatever they're doing. People know them. Oh, there's funding. I mean, yes, there's definitely <laughs> funding. But um, yeah, I just, I just think it's a bit weird. Like I don't know. I, I just, I now would be like, that's that annoying brand that I always see. They're just everywhere, and they that are is, everywhere. there is there is strength in that. But it's not like do you remember Oatly four years ago when they were everywhere in the sense of like when you got off the tube they were in the right yeah. place like they were on they were in perfect places for their mm. audiences and they were tactically on social as well yeah and that that felt like considered athletic greens literally feels like like heavy gunfire on every single platform just constantly yeah i'm just trying to see what the um what the actual website ux is pretty excellent it's very well designed yeah it's good it's yeah, money has not been spent. Also, I actually do like the fact they've called it AG1. I like the, like, with the brand and, like, what they're trying to do, I like the fact they're trying to make it very inclusive because, like, I mean, looking at the site now... AG is the chemical symbol for silver, isn't it? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's, it's a do flipping nice that? site, but the whole AG1, like, it's just very nicely branded. It's They're really pushing the um, subscriptions. Yeah. One-time purchase is £97. For AG1. Three pounds per serving, everyone. Double subscriptions, 150. Single subscriptions, 79. That is an absurd it, amount of cash. Yeah, it is. That speaks to high CPAs in my eyes. <laughs> Guess, th- of all the testimonials that a brand like that would need, who, which person would you probably rate up there quite highly? I know who it is, sadly. Do you? Yeah. Who? 
Tim. Yeah, Tim Ferriss is is literally front page yeah. at the bottom. And I bet he's got equity. Oh, for shizzle dizzle. And, oh yeah, Mark Heyman as well. Mm-hmm. Emily Day, volleyball player. I, lo- I mean, I can't deny I do like all of the content they put out. I think it's really nicely put together. Good ads as well. Great, and great ads. It's just <laughs> the like... I guess our thought here is like how how are they going to piss people off? Like, well, I think the thing is with this bro- new broad targeting thing, where you're running multiple campaigns with really broad yeah. sort of like shotgun, not a rifle. Mm. The the risk of running frequency higher than you realize yeah. is much more because you might well be hitting people in multiple campaigns. Mm. So I don't think it's. A, Sorry, I'm just right? really... This orange juice is... For those that listen, I'm like a pint of orange juice. It's literally like gold. Very good for you. Oh. Lots of vitamin C in this office. Better than OG1. Mm. Anyway, I think that's enough of Athletic Greens. We'll it try is, it on the next episode and see if we think it's and worth also it. also, let us know. I mean, have you been are serving an OG1? Are we actually going to try it? If yeah, it's yeah. 97 quid for a bag. Yeah, that's fine. I object to that. It's fine. Okay, I'm going to talk about one more thing this, this week. All right. Do you know what it's going to be? No. Is it to do with a watch? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right, for those that haven't seen it, I'm just going to get it out and everyone's going to kill me talking about this, but the Swatch will, Amiga Will launched. we be wearing one yep. in the next podcast? The Swatch Amiga collab that has dropped on Thursday morning? Yep. No, Wednesday evening, I saw it first time. Right. Is sensationally good. And I just want to briefly talk, because we were talking about when we got our coffee this morning, what it means for the brands. Because I think collabs are always interesting, right? And I don't think enough smaller businesses do really good collabs. Can you think of another instance where a watchmaker has collaborated with a watchmaker, though? Uh, not, yeah, I mean... Car manufacturer with car manufacturer. Weird. I probably could. I mean, like, Houdinki, when they did their Swatch collab, kind of. They're not a watchmaker, though. No. Um, I think it's, there is I think one it's in the top of, of my head that I can think of. It's a bit of a first. Tiffany Patek, I was going to say, but yeah, Tiffany Patek is probably one. But they've always done it. There are a few car ones where like AMG have done stuff for Aston Martin, but it's yeah. not a collab as such. No. I think it's super rare that they put two brands. Well, for, for those who haven't seen, it's literally. Well, an, I was going to say, should I give some? Context? Yeah, do it, so do it. the Amiga Speedmaster is that one of our classic watches. It's their main sports watch. It kind of rivals the lower end Rolexes, so but actually it mainly rivals with Tudor, which is the sister brand or the junior brand to Rolex. Speedmaster is very famous for going to the moon. It was a watch that was worn on the moon landing. Um, there's like loads of photos of it. It's like wrapped around on this like fucking massive strap mm. going around the astronaut's wrist. Have you seen that yeah. photo? Um, really cool watch. I know a couple of people that own them. I, I never actually wanted really one myself, but really like it. It's nice and black. It's one of those watches where... It's classed as a sports watch, but you can dress it up, you can dress it down. I think they really positioned it's it. It's a bit as like just, a sub, isn't it? It is, but it's also like three and a bit grand in in British pounds. A lot of money, but I think some people could say that's quite attainable if you wanted to invest in a nice watch. It's kind of the watch you would go to at that stage. Um, and yeah, they've decided to do a collab with Swatch to celebrate space and the moon and the sun and all the planets. So there are 11 pieces. Each of them represent all of the planets and also included in that is the sun and the moon. Pluto as is well. Is the moon a planet? No. The moon is a moon. Pluto is also not a planet. Pluto's in there, yeah. Oh Which shit. is controversial. Bless up Pluto for making the list. Absolutely scraped in. Scraped in there. <laughs> but 
a for context, the Speedmaster, I think is about three, three and a half thousand pounds. The Swatch Club that's just dropped, the watches are 200 pounds. So the first thing that everyone's losing their flipping minds about is you can get what looks like a Speedmaster in different colors. <clears throat> Each of the colors kind of, re- I'm going for Jupiter because it's oh, good. I'm doing Mercury. Um, not, I was about to say not like being to Jupiter. <laughs> You would not to be sat here if you'd no. been to Jupiter. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very cool. But what I like about it, I guess, what we were talking about is that it's a low price point. Of Amiga just whacked a brand on it and given them the design to Swatch. Swatch are using their bioceramic um, material, which they painted, which is basically recycled stuff in there, which I quite like that angle. So this? That is, yeah, this. So for those listening, Jamie's actually wearing the Swatch Houdinki first collab, the white one. Um, show the camera. Second one. No, that's the first one. No, there was a black one first. There was a black one first. Um, <coughs> so that's got a System 51 movement in it, right? Yep. Fully, I aut- think fully manual. Is it manual or automatic, this? Automatic. Fully automatic. Yeah. Well, I think that for is $150. Love it. Ridiculous. So most people that have swatches will have to put batteries in them. I don't. I think these are automatic movements. However, there is some chat that they maybe aren't. But I don't know why that is. Um, it's very, very oh, nice and manual. Nice. Um, but yeah, where are we getting out with this? We're getting at the point that um, it's an interesting move from Amiga. Why are they doing it? Does it elevate the exclusive? Like, first of all, what's the value of a collab? How valuable are collabs for people? Very. Yeah. I think it's the thing that I think is really, really interesting with this is just that it's, I, I can't think of another obvious example where two. They're, they're clearly not competitive, but they are industry competitive. Swatch actually owns Amiga, which is important context. Yeah, so the Swatch group is yeah. a fucking huge business. People yeah. just think Swatch is for kids. No, Swatch, Swatch is vast. While you're talking, I'm going to find out how many other brands Swatch owns. Yeah, it's a lot. But typically, Supreme is probably the best example. Lots of traditional luxury brands that might feel a bit slow in kind of modern culture, and especially in like a millennial or Gen Z audience, piggyback off brands like Supreme, Palace have done loads and those sorts of things. And then they start to attain a new customer base and they start to feel cooler. My suspicion is that Omega have been looking at Patek and Rolex and even at people like IWC, Richard Mille for sure, and thought we are feeling a little bit uncool right now. Oh yeah, I mean Omega has been like your dad's watch. Yeah, Omega's not hot at any point. Like there's never, it's not like... Well, you do see it in fairness <clears throat> occasionally, but I'd say it's more often than not like vintage Omega. Well, Omega used to have the like, they have the Bond thing. They have the but Bond even thing. That, but I don't think bit, people think it's I cool. I think it's a bit dead. And the Seam- I think it's the, fucking dead. That Seamaster was pretty average, I thought. But also, he, he used to be Rolex, and I think everyone just go. Everyone's like the sub is actually his watch, you know. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Like they've it's never a bit of one of those. even even Pierce Brosnan days where he had. Do you remember the one where it like fired out a little thing and you yeah, like, yeah. Gra- like a little grapple with it? Yeah, I always yeah. thought that was real when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. that would be really handy when you get in the yeah. bus, just up to the top floor, quite quick. That was um, but I think you're right. It's not a cool brand. It's not. It's not, it's cool. not like a young person's brand. No, it's just kind but of. But Swatch has had this weird. Oh, especially in like I think this the the thing that's interesting with this is like Swatch Amiga. When we first saw this, we're both massive watch nerds, so that's important context. But it started to like ripple out. Like my best mate messaged me going, yeah. hey, "Have you seen that uh, that collab?" Yeah, yeah. Amiga? And People, then, and then the, same, know, the, know. the same thing happened to Ollie this morning. Yeah. His best mate going, 
Have you seen? Uh, you can also you can only buy like, two, so the exclusivity yeah, thing. People it's, are like, but it's, it, the thing that's cool is that it's starting to like leave the watch community, and swatches in the watch community, especially people who are in London. I would say it's quite fair to say, I never wear an expensive watch in London anymore. Yeah, for because there's reasons people on of security with machetes, yeah, unfortunately, which is not so fun. No. So and and then Hadinki and other you know sort of thought leaders or you know yeah co- you know cool brands have been releasing all sorts of swatches so swatch has had this like yeah it's a kid's watch but it's got this like heat to it but i really and like where they're going with it i think it's nice that they're totally. elevating and and now they've done this collab i think it's smart from amiga because now ev- one it's cheap i mean 200 cheap, quid 200 for a quid. watch that's all that i think it is automatic yeah i think it's automatic. but also it's got amiga written on it like you, you can't even generally. I don't think you could buy like Amiga used to sell pens and shit. I'm pretty sure they were 150 quid mm. just to have Amiga written on it because of the brand and the heritage and all yeah. that stuff. So like, the only other question we have here is: Is it exclusive? Just before we go on to that, though, for some knowledge on how big Swatch is, because I think people do think it's just a kids brand. They own brands like Breguet. Obviously, they brought a lot of these. They didn't start them. They own Blancpain. They own Amiga. They own Longus. They own Tissot. You're absolutely butchering these names to a to a degree that I've never seen before. Breguet. Yeah. Blancpain. You said Blancpank. Did I? Lol. Um, um, Longines, you just said? Yeah, what is it? Longines. I mean, they sell crap watches, so I wouldn't care. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, guys. Uh, Tissot and Swatch and then Hamilton. So Hamilton is quite an... In- Very good tool watches. Yeah, and also quite an interesting brand from a, a like, approachability perspective. Um, and same with Tissot. But Amiga's probably their most well-known brand, and then maybe Breguet for people that know, know. Um, but yeah, big old brand. I think it's a wicked collab, personally. I think it's... Um, hopefully we'll be having ones on our wrist. I'm going to Scotland this weekend, so you're going to have to go and buy me one. Yeah, I'm going to be camping outside. Um, Where are you going to go? So I'm not they, telling, Oh, no, I can tell people. The exclusive, I'll be Westfield. The, <laughs> the exclusivity of it means that for the last two days they've been on display... I think they're on display in Amiga. I think we might go see them later um, when we head into town. But um, they're only able to be purchased from Swatch, and there's only three Swatch stores in London. I think this launch will be a lot of resellers. So a lot of people, like, I'm not going to, if I get lucky to get hands on one, I think I should do. I wouldn't, I don't think I'll sell mine. I'd hold on to it because I quite like it. I quite often buy things with the, the intention of, like, oh, yeah, but it'll go up in value. And then I very... Rarely actually end up selling it. The um that at one point was like three times the price. Yeah, but I absolutely you love, love it. that. I wear it every single day. I've smashed the face. I also brought you another swatch. Where is it? It's in my the red in one. my little box thing. What does that mean? My little wrapper box. Oh, product placement. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, we've been talking about swatches and what else are we talking about? Athletic greens. Let's talk about the main bit of value for everyone today. <coughs> Which, to be fair, if you have a nice swatch, we can actually do this with. Um, ever since you've worked here, we've had a little studio set up, right? Pretty much ever since. Not in the shoebox. Uh, not in the shoebox. Not in the shoebox, which we were there for a couple of months. Well, I guess this week we thought it'd be quite useful to move a little bit away from digital and talk about creative a bit more because obviously we are, we do have a full creative agency. Um, and I think the one thing that we always think that is incredibly valuable as an agency is the fact that in our studio in Fulham, we have a space that's dedicated to shooting products. So obviously, if you're a DTC brand listening or, you know, you work with DTC brands, you know the need of the pure volume of content. And we, we saw that need pretty early on. So we started to build out a studio. Now, 
let's put a disclaimer in place at this point. We now have a very fancy version about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. We have <clears throat> the light that you can see. Excuse me, that orange juice. Like the sun. A small sun next to me. Um, like this is, I think, without being crass, like a £2,000 light because we do this obviously more professionally. Um, but what I want to try and get across and what we want to talk about today is the fact of like, it doesn't need to be the level that we're at to start off with. And we definitely didn't start off where we are now. We've actually, you know, tailor-made our setup as we've gone through the last couple of years. Um, and it depends a lot on your product as well, doesn't it? For sure. And I think like... You know, I was speaking to so many people at the event yesterday about like the need, like the amount of TikToks that people have to make, the amount of things they're making for the site, et cetera, et cetera. So we wanted to talk through how to create really nice, stunning product imagery in your home, in your office, in you know, a small space that's like accessible to you, even your kitchen. Everyone's normally got an annoying dark corner. Which weirdly for is sure. ideal for this. So I made a five of a five like list that I think you should invest in. And as I said at, at the beginning of my my chitter chatter here, I'm talking about if you don't even have a camera. Like I I think I've worked out where I would invest the time. So before we get into that, really, what is how, like from your perspective, how much content do brands need of your DTC frequently? Bloody loads. Yeah, and it's growing. So. There's more platforms, something we spoke about a lot at our event yesterday, is just like people's intimidation by the sheer volume of platforms that all sort of require different sorts of content. Yeah. And it is like quite inti- an intimidating amount. Yeah. And studio style stuff is something that we've ended up shooting so much of for so many of the brands. Yeah. Lifestyle, for sh- like, lifestyle is a really like misused word, isn't it? Yeah. But like non-studio <laughs> shooting is something that, Everyone does a lot, but inevitably is more expensive. Yeah. Um, so studio. We used to call we used to call lifestyle in situ. In situ, yeah. It's such a crap way of saying it. Kind of is, isn't it? I suppose, but but I suppose everything's in situ to a degree. Um, but I think the thing with studio is like you sort of take out all the variables. Yeah. And you've just got a very controlled setting with which to create the content that you can quite prescriptively set out. So for our paid ads team they will literally work with the graphic designers to brief the creatives to say, we need X shot with X amount of negative space so that the graphic designers can put, yeah. you know, text overlay or a call to action button at the bottom. Yeah. And you can be super specific in the way that you're like designing the asset before it's even been shot, mm. which I think is really, really strong. Um, and then, yeah, as, as you sort of alluded to, like if you've got an iPhone 13, I cannot actually believe the camera. Exactly. Well, well, let's that. go into it. I mean, the, the purpose is pretty clear and there's a lot you can do. I think what you can't do with the setup that we're about to explain and the kind of tools you might be able to be about to give you is probably do what we can do. And that is the, you know, super, super high def imagery that you need for that website. You need maybe for some of those social ads. Like there's still a reason you why- You haven't got enough megapixels. Get some more megapixels, bro. Um, there's a reason why we have- you know elevated our setup but we definitely you know still use this form sometimes slash we used to use this much more yeah so the first thing what we want to say is we're setting this up with an iphone in mind or like everyone's got an iphone but like other devices are available um not really not really but yeah predominantly using a phone so i think people do overestimate or underestimate what a phone can actually do um and i think the best way to make sure the phone works the best is to get the first thing we are advised for, which is the stand. 
like yeah. having a tripod for the phone is just so key. And I'm t- like, uh, let's let's kind of s- put ourselves in a situation where we're trying to create just a few product images for stories or for short form content. It might even be video where you want some movement. Get the phone on a stand because how many times have we, have we seen our team like holding a phone and then like holding something else and it yeah. just always goes disastrously wrong, right? Yeah, and if you want to time lapse and do stop motion, which a lot of people are using to yeah. good effect now as well. Um, and in a nerdy sense, without being too much of a nerd, iPhones work better when they're standing still in terms of taking photos. Uh, those like photos you took when you're away, I bet you're using two hands to stay as still as possible. I was, I was actually using someone's shoulder. There you go. Mm. But equally, you will get better imagery and all the images you see on iPhone ads, like when they're like shot on an iPhone, all of them are on tripods. Every single one. Like it's just a thing. Probably and with a fat lens attached to the back of it. But oh, To be fair, there was a time when that was a thing, but now yeah. it is literally just like they put it on an actual tripod. Not even, we put some links in the in the, in the uh, newsletter, which you can head over to 303 London, head to the blog section. You can probably catch up with that newsletter anyway. But you can head over to Amazon and find a sturdy, I would spend a bit of cash there. I would I go bought, 40, I, 50 quid. Yeah, on that I once one. bought a really cheap tripod. Awful idea. And... They're the like pastrami. Let's They're literally like cost, two, three cost per use is is an important thing here. Yes, this studio, it should you build it, becomes so cheap over time. I think I price the build up so regularly. Yeah, I think I price the build up at two hundred quid, and I'll explain where that kind of all splits out. No, I think three hundred quid, three hundred pounds for 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 business, and I reckon you could probably easily get easily three hundred photos for it. So it's pound a photo. It should be a lot more than that, shouldn't it? Minimum. Yep. Complete minimum. So invest in the tripod. We've all bought shit tripods. Trust me. Don't don't uh, don't mess around here. The next thing is the great item that I think is very important is a small foldable collapsible. table. Yeah. Collapsible. Collapsible table is very key. Two reasons. One, if you've got a studio space, like our studio space splits down, but the guys can break it down and put it all away. So the table collapses, the rolls of paper go up, every light stand gets broken down. Really key. Mm. Equally, you don't want a table um, that is too flimsy when it comes to like collapsible tables are really flimsy. You want it to be a bit more chilled. Like we have a pretty solid table, which is like a full working bench um, and keep it small. You don't need a massive space. Think about the size of that product. When we're shooting in the studio, we sometimes have like a whole like queue of products that are going to go into that booth. But um Predominantly, we try and keep everything very small and compact because it just means that every image looks better, looks more busy. Um, but collapsible table, key goods. key goods. The next area to invest in, this is an investment area, is the lights. I actually think with the value of like the phones have, even from like the iPhone 9 or even 7, still a great camera if you have that phone, the lights are where you spend the money. I think I put a link in the, pog- in the newsletter for like 150 quid. Or maybe a little bit less Newer lights Good photos are always made by lights Always made by lights Get two Set them up There's loads of things on Pinterest And on TikTok Of how to set all those lights up Easy to find But I would spend the money on lights Versus buying a camera Weirdly We actually have Spent about £10,000 on lights in our time And we now use all the aperture lights With all the kit That's attached to them With the soft boxes So it's very nice and glowing You can see some of our images online but lights have really the ones that are difference. in the newsletter actually are good examples, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's some of there's some of ours in there. I None like, of it's like complicated, shallow depth. No, anything like it's just really well lit photos on nice backgrounds with Pietro's very strong composition, basically. 
Very strong composition. So I'd invest there for sure. <laughs> um, let me just get up the list. Yeah, so lighting is very, very key. Um, I would spend a bit more money there. We, as a business, invest quite a lot in lighting because it does make a difference versus we've actually had some of the same cameras for like five years because yeah. they don't evolve as quickly as lighting does. Um, the final two, I think, are very important. I think they really bring imagery together. Before I go into the final two, when it comes to like ads and social, and we obviously make these all the time, but like, you don't really like how often do you actually need a product on a white background? Like that's for sites and a few things, right? You always want a bit of more character behind those yeah. images, right? Because otherwise people just don't engage with them. Yeah. Is that right? That is right. Excellent. You need both. You do need both, but I'm but saying the from advertising of, from brand, from TikTok. I think the point is you need, you need multiple, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. TikToks aren't going to slap off with the white background. No. Um, you could go minimal, you can go for a stylistic thing, but you need colour, you need to make it stand out, which is where backdrops are a key, key investment. Etsy, eBay, Amazon, um, even some like supermarket stores and that kind of thing and art stop shops, go and get A3 or bigger, A4, A, not A5, that's smaller, A1 size card um, and loads of different colours. Like we have... I think in one time we always had like 20 different color backgrounds mm. from like different colors of blue, purple, because it's where the guy, you can get creative and you can test it all out. Um, obviously our guys shoot like two to three times a week in our studio for various different things, whether it be wine brands, whether it be you know more product business, luxury goods, whatever it might be. Um, but backdrops has always been, oh, sorry, Ian, the Wi-Fi man was calling me. I do apologize. We broke Hello, our... Ian. Oh yeah, should quick story time. <clears throat> uh, this week, Toby, our editor, decided to download some footage. We're in an office that's got around probably 50 different offices currently in it. And um, yeah, he broke the Wi-Fi by downloading All too much. There's a thousand megabits a second, uh, megabits a second come into this estate. And at one time, Toby was taking 700 of those megabits just for his one computer, which meant the Wi-Fi crashed for two days. And that's probably Ian calling to tell me the update on that situation. Punish you. Exactly. Um, <coughs> moving away from Ian, the, <laughs> <laughs> the backdrops, really key, really important. I think we've made some of our best imagery with like really colorful backdrops, mm. make it stand out. Another thing to with the backdrops, and I think something that those less technical, which I will group myself with. Really? Overhead is quite a nice thing to be able to do, isn't it? Yes. So if you can have an overhead attachment as well for the mobile phone on an expensive tripod just yep. for the counterweight, yep. you can then do all sorts of gubbins with hands you on can a get nice background. I think these five things mean you can just get super creative for it's sure. Good. And finally, the bit that you no one ever thinks about, and it's the bit that is the most annoying when we're trying to shoot, you know, and make things exciting. Props. You need to think about like random shit. Little stones. We have a cupboard of goods, don't we? We have so much like tat, but the tat makes images so good. Like candles, stones, um, knives and fork, cutlery, different fabrics, like all that kind of stuff. No matter if you're Athletic Greens or you're a watch brand, having things to play with Some context isn't it? makes everything better. And actually, I think it really pulls all the imagery together. And when you go, oh, that photo's rubbish, people often go, it's because I'm shooting on a phone it's actually more the case of, oh, you haven't actually thought about the composition. We've included loads of pins from Pinterest and some a few examples in there. Um, but we think it's important. We're like, obviously, you know, three or three, we're always here to help with that kind of content. But equally, you can actually make a really nice little setup for not a lot of money that you can use day in and day out for your brand. 
Um, and I think it's a good investment. Agreed. Excellent. Quite a long episode today. Well, we've got well, 12 minutes of nonsense. We've done, yeah, we've done 48 <laughs> minutes so far. 12 of those are complete waffle. And then there's like 10 seconds of it. some outtakes that Sean ever see yeah. the light of day there. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, well, yeah, thanks very much for listening. It's been a great episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed the intro. Hopefully you have some value for today. Hopefully you subscribe to the newsletter at 303.london. And hopefully you've also subscribed to the podcast. Lovely stuff. Have you had a nice day? I've had, well, it's, it's just getting started. Exactly. Yes, well, thanks very much for joining us always. And we will see you all next time. See you later. Ciao.